podcast i'm your host stuart butler and i'm joined today by the real slim shady m&m the first m is melissa kavanaugh hello and the second m is misha vokikio howdy howdy hey we melt in your mouth not in your hand wow that is that is i guess what m&ms do Uh, you know there were minstrels in england that was that was a chocolate um candy that had that same tagline so I don't think... Like singing minstrels? No. That's what I was thinking too. No, it, it wasn't that at all. They were like little... It was like brown M&Ms without the M on. Hmm. And they were a little bit bigger. But they had the tagline, tag melt your mouth, melt your hand. So I don't, I like don't know if M&Ms has the same tagline over there. Huh. They may have both been made by the same company. I'm not sure. Hmm. 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 So back to M&M. I don't know if people want to write in and guess. But do you think they could guess which one of you guys is slim and which is shady? I'm just going to go ahead and admit I am 100% shady. Team shady. Okay. Does that make you slim? By default, I suppose. <laughs> I also suppose it's a 2017 goal to be slim, so let's go with that. And speaking of 2017, we are quickly ending the year 2016. We are recording this day before New Year's Eve. No, yeah, day before New Year's Eve. So it's New Year's Eve Eve. It is. New Year's, New Year's Adam, as my kids would call it. Oh, oh they, they call the day before Eve's Adams. Did they think of that by themselves? I don't know where it came from. My eight-year-old always says it like Christmas Adam, all this stuff. Hmm, I've never heard yeah. that before. That's very clever. There you go. You learn something from the podcast. I did every week. There's always a little nugget. <laughs> <laughs> but why is it? I want to know because we are rapidly approaching the end of 2016. Why did the internet turn against 2016 in the last month or so? Like it's just exploded out of nowhere, where everyone in the whole planet. Seems to think that 2016 is the, the worst. worst. Yeah. Literally the worst thing ever. Yeah. When did that happen? Why? I don't know. Was it the election? Is it just I feel like the it internet started after the election and then the internet just did the internet thing and it just snowballed and now it's like a huge joke. Yeah. It's 2016 being the worst is now the new bacon of the internet. Mm. Like everyone's jumping on the bandwagon. It's this year. It's the end of the year's version of kale. Yeah. I guess so. There were a lot of influential people that kick the bucket this year though so th- there was that i mean but isn't that true every year it is but i feel like it was really a lot more this year for some reason i don't know yeah i mean i would tend to agree with you especially with carrie fisher passing away this past week that hit me hard being a huge star wars fan and yeah. she being such a big part of my childhood and adulthood but um people are doing it since november you know they've been calling it the worst and i don't know it's very strange but I don't know that people aren't here to listen to why we're grumbling about the internet. Or I'm grumbling, you're saying. <laughs> you're embracing. I'm grumbling. We're here to talk about hotel marketing. And today we have a cool topic inspired by our very own Melissa Kavanaugh. She created an awesome new tool that we use. And when I'm talking about tools, I'm not talking about Misha's ex-boyfriends. I am signing autographs later. But I'm talking about things we can use to help us be smarter and more efficient marketers. And a lot of times we'll use third-party tools that are free. We're going to go through a list of those. But sometimes we'll see a tool that's out there. In this case, Google had a tool very similar, but it wasn't really doing everything we wanted it to do. So Melissa went ahead and created her own version of it. And we're going to link to that from the podcast notes, which is at fueltravel.com slash podcast. Um, and then you click on episode 36. So Melissa, you want to tell us about your tool? 
I would love to talk about this tool I am super duper 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 excited about and I don't say that very often about anything in my life so that's how good this tool really is we built a campaign URL generator for Google Analytics users. So what this does is it makes you kind of keep yourself away from making mistakes that are going to hurt you in your Google Analytics reports as they pertain to your campaign tracking. Now, as Stuart said, Google has this already available online. Anybody can use it. It's super simple. You plug in three little simple parts of your URL and Google will spit out your new tagged URL for you but it doesn't save you from yourself. It doesn't save you from interchanging uppercase and lowercase campaign names, in which case now you have duplicate campaigns or you have duplicate uh, mediums. So email with a capital E and a lowercase E is now two different mediums and it just makes a mess out of your reporting. So this tool that we've created will help you not do things like that. So as Stuart said, There'll be a link in the podcast notes and we're excited to have people start using it and give us your feedback. Yeah. So campaign tracking is so important. You know, you should not be spending any money online or publishing a link anywhere to your website online that does not have campaign tracking. And a lot of people obviously use Google Analytics because it's a free tool that we'll talk about in a minute. But uh, one of the biggest problems is people don't know how to use the campaign tracking properly and they end up with a lot of messy data. And it's such a simple thing to do that it's almost too simple and that's the problem that people don't think it all the way through and what the repercussions are of doing it incorrectly or inconsistently. Yeah, and, and sometimes Google can help you because it can make inferences from the data you're putting in and, and bucket the information in, in certain areas within, like say Medium is a great example, right? right. Um, and, and if you're not being smart, email is a great example. If you do email with a capital E or E-mail or lowercase e-mail, it, those are all seen as different. So exactly. being consistent and in, in being disciplined in your campaign tracking is really, really handy. So Melissa's tool has some good instructions on the first page. It's a Google Doc that you can download that's read-only. You make a copy in your own Google Drive and then you can go to town. But read the instructions. It, it's very straightforward. You basically map out all your campaigns, your mediums, your sources, and then it, it kind of builds URLs for you. Just copy and paste those and that's what you publish on the web. So it's really, really handy, saves a bunch of time, not just on the setup up front, but also on the back end because now you don't have messy data that you've got to wade through, which is really where the savings are gonna come. So exactly. It's pretty neat. So that's one tool and that's really the inspiration for this uh, whole episode, but we have a lot of other tools that we wanna talk about. So let's start with Google, who are the masters of tools, they create so many. I, I, I don't know how our business would function without Google. So Misha, you want to go through some of the Google tools that we use? Sure. As you said, Stuart, Google has tons and tons and tons of free tools. So we'll, we will preface this conversation by just saying this is not an exhaustive list by any means. These are just some of our favorite tools. And Google in particular has a lot of really great ones that are super easy to use. The first one, which is probably my favorite out of all the Google tools and out of a lot of the free SEO specific tools that we use, is Google Search Console. This was previously known as Google Webmaster Tools. I'm not sure why they rebranded it, but I still call it Webmaster Tools anyone, all the time. Anyone referring to themselves as a webmaster needs to be shot and taken out of the internet. Mm, why? It's just like a 1995 term for people that built websites. It doesn't really pertain to anyone anymore. 
because pretty much anyone can build a website today. Webmaster. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's just a little too grandiose for what people are really doing. So, so you think so? It's not like a Jedi master. <laughs> it's not. They don't go through years and years of training. You know, they're not a Padawan for a number of years and then they... So I can't change my title to Marketing Master. No, you cannot. Damn, that was going to be my request for my review this year. <laughs> Guess I'll need to rethink my goals. Yeah, you, you can come up with a different title if you want, but it cannot have the word Master Something. or Guru in it. Oh, Guru. What about yeah. Ninja? Ninja, would, it's, <laughs> that's one of those things the internet's taken off. It's like 2016 being something. <laughs> Everyone talks about ninjas on the internet as well. Yeah, okay. Sorry, we're getting off track here with Google Ninja Master Search Console Tool. It is free. It's really easy to implement. There is a little bit of setup. So you go to, which we'll link to, all of these will be linked in our notes. But um, it's still google.com slash webmaster slash tools is the link for it. Because what it's saying is everyone that calls themselves a webmaster is a tool. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's why, yeah. I dash Stewart dash tool. <laughs> um, so you go there and it's a really easy um, wizard that'll take you through to submit your site. There's a little bit of setup um, and a lot of websites now or a lot of platforms just have a field where you can enter in the little bit of code. So you don't even need a developer. Um, really easy to do. But then what this will give you access to is tons of information about your website. So there's a whole section for search appearance, so you can see how your website looks to search engines. You can see some search traffic information, including some keyword data. I take this data with a grain of salt, since keyword data is not actually a thing anymore. Um, but you can at least start to see some of the keywords that are show, making your site show up. So impressions, clicks, um, click-through rate, what your rank is. It's a really nice little nugget to have. Um, the indexing information, crawling information, sitemap information, a lot of really good technical stuff that can help you fix errors and issues with your site. Yeah, and it can seem daunting when you first log in there there's a lot, but you just go to Google itself and search for how to use it, and there's a lot of great tutorials, but even if you just go in there once a month and monitor where are my errors related to 404s and indexing and stuff like that, it, looking at page index speed, you can often see problems in search a console that you can't see anywhere else. Mm -hmm. So it's a really handy tool. And the keyword data, again, I take any keyword data that Google provides with a little bit of a grain of salt, but it does for me come in handy when I'm looking for new content opportunities or looking for content gaps on a website. We recently had a client who, um, it's a larger property and looking in their search console data, a lot of people were searching their brand name and the word map. And we realized we didn't even have a page that has a property map available or any type of information on how to get around the property. So that was kind of a no brainer, like, hello, people are looking for this. This is something we should be providing. So it's good to comb through that and kind of see what interesting data that you can pull out of there. Yeah, definitely. Check it out. If you're not using it, you should. It's, and it's don't great. forget to link it to your Google Analytics account. Aha, yes. Open like a true analyst. That's right. The second Google tool that we like to use, um, a lot of times we'll use this to look at data over time to establish trends would be Google Trends. Um, this is a place that shows how often a particular search term is entered relative to the total search volume across various regions in the world. So it's really good for if you're looking at trends over time. So you can look 
Um, I don't even know how far back it goes, but we recently had a client where we were looking at 2010, 2011 data up to 2016 and just seeing how search volume has changed over years. So you, I mean, you can establish some pretty cool trends with that for sure. Yeah, it's good for for trends on one single keyword or for comparing multiple keywords to see which, you know, it helps you determine which keywords you should really target. So if you say are in Austin and you, you're trying to figure out what keywords related to hotels, is it Austin hotels, hotels in Austin, you can put multiple keywords in and see what, how they stack up. Mm-hmm. Each other. It's not going to give you the, the absolute number of searches that each one of these keywords is getting, but it's going to show you in comparison how many they're getting. And you can easily make a determination of where you want to target. It's really cool. It's also a useful tool for us when clients come to us and say, I really want to rank for this keyword for us to go in there and show them, hey, I know that you think that keyword's important, but look, no one is searching for this keyword. This is a, either jargon or some buzzword that you know internally, but no one else, none of the consumers know it. So it's handy from that perspective too. And you can enter in your brand name and variations of your brand to see over time, you know, is demand going up? Is demand going down? Did you do some really big campaign one year and it really took off? So just, you know, monitoring and measuring that as well. Mm-hmm. The next Google tool that we have for you is the Google Keyword Planner. This is a feature in AdWords. Um, it is free, but you do have to have an AdWords account to be able to access this. And similar to the Search Console data, I take this with a grain of salt. Um, what it does is you can put in keywords and it will show you a ton of data related to search volume, average cost per click, and then it will also give you other ideas and give you um, ad group ideas. So this can be used for keyword research for SEO purposes or um, for PPC as well. So there's multiple uses for it and it's good just to get an idea of how popular a, a search term is, how expensive it might need, you know, be to run on that term. Um, but again, I, I take the actual search volume. I, I feel like they're not, no offense Google, but I feel like it's not super, super accurate. But it is a good starting point. Um, that's usually where we will start with the project. And then um, we'll use some other tools that we'll talk about later just to kind of, you know, branch out from there. Yep. And there are other other companies. We'll probably mention a couple of them later on when we do SEO and PPC-specific tools. Mm-hmm. There are other sites out there where you can get similar data, but maybe it looks at it from a slightly different mm-hmm. perspective. Yeah. I definitely like the Keyword Planner as a starting place. Mm-hmm. The next tool is really handy if you are curious about your website speed. So it is the Google PageSpeed Insights tool. Um, This measures performance of a page for mobile devices and desktop devices. So you can look at it um, from both perspectives. It fetches each URL twice, um, once from the mobile user agent and then once from the desktop user agent. And then it gives you a page speed score from zero to 100 points. And also gives you some feedback about some issues that you might have related to PageSpeed and how you can make improvements to make your website faster. Yeah, and if you're not someone that's interested in PageSpeed, then you really should be. Because not only is it great from a consumer's perspective if your site loads super fast, especially on mobile, but it's a major ranking factor and it's becoming more important from a ranking perspective. So you got to make sure that your website is blazing fast and this is a great tool to kind of just see how you stack up and then try to figure out ways to improve it as well. Yeah, I think this is such an important thing, not only for from a ranking perspective, but this can really impact other campaigns that you run as well. We've had clients in the past where we have run 
pay-per-click ads for them just because they know they needed a new site, um, but they really wanted to go ahead and get some traction while the new site's being built or whatever the situation may be. Um, but then their PPC hasn't performed well strictly because their site is so slow, people are getting to the site and then bouncing right off. So right. this has other implications aside from just, oh, SEO ranking factors. Right, and if your site's slow, that affects your quality score too on PPC. So not mm-hmm. only are people that are coming less likely to convert, so your conversion rate's low, but you're spending more per click to get people there because Google sees that site speed and penalizes mm-hmm. you for it. So. Site speed is should be one of the top priorities, especially when you're redesigning your site, building something new, making sure that you don't have anything unnecessary. Try to lazy load images. Do every trick you can in the book to make sure that site loads as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. And kind of on the same page as that tool, there is a newer tool that they just launched called Test My Site with Google. This is a Think with Google tool. Um, which is a nice little platform that they have that releases a lot of research and studies related to all different industries um, that are digital marketing specific. And this site will tell you how your site works across mobile and desktop devices. What it does is it you put in the URL, it's really easy to use, and then it gives you several different scores similar to the tool, um, but then you can email a report to yourself which is really handy to have because it gives you very detailed instructions of specific things you need to do to improve that. So it's nice to have the report handy so you can pass that along to your web development team or whoever it might be internally that will actually do these things. Yeah, and there's a lot of tools like this. If you just search for website grader on Google, you'll find a ton of people that have similar tools. HubSpot has a pretty good one. There's a lot out there, but Google is Google, right? They're the ones that you really want to pay attention to. They're the ones that are now telling you specifically what you can do to improve your website. So that is, to me, the best one to start with. You know, once you've perfected it with with Google's Test My Website, then go look at some of these other tools. But I would definitely start here. Absolutely. And then Melissa will probably jump in on the next one. Yeah, the next one's Google Analytics. You just sound excited about it. Why is this? You're in Google Analytics all day, every day. You should be thrilled. In 2016, I feel like if you don't know what Google Analytics is, we're here to help. You should call us right now. (laughs) Um, Yeah, just get on the ball and get that implemented. Melissa, what's your number? (laughs) Five, five, five. (laughs) Yeah, give me a cell phone number. It'll be fine. Uh, yeah, Google Analytics free web analytics service. It's pretty awesome, especially since it's free. It makes it even more awesome. Just do it. Now they do have a paid version. They do have a paid version. Nobody is saying 100% what that actual cost is, but there are numbers floating out on the interwebs that say $150,000 per website. Just saying. Yeah. So you don't really need that. You don't really need like that. Amazon or someone like that. But yeah, it's... The free version is amazing. This is probably the most valuable free tool that is available, you know, because it, it's powering a lot of the internet. Like how many sites... It's very it's, rare these days that we come across a new client that joins us... That doesn't That doesn't have, have Google Analytics. You know? not, not, 90% of the time they have some issues in how they have it set up that yes. we have to fix. But at a minimum, they're tracking the basics, you know, like traffic and sources and things like that. But uh, when you are using Google Analytics, just make sure you're setting it up properly. Make sure you have e-commerce set up. Make sure you're doing campaign tracking. Everything you spend online, you should be tracking to the dollar. So Google Analytics allows you to do that. Now, we still have clients that are using paid versions of different software too, like Adobe Analytics. 
but for 99% of hotels out there, Google Analytics is plenty. And by the way, even for those who are using a paid version, we still implement Google Analytics as a backup because poop happens. <laughs> it, it does. And plus Google has some tools, you know, some of the real-time data, some of the other stuff that's in there that Adobe and some of these other guys don't, don't have. have. Yeah. Know? So even, even if you're paying for a premium analytics solution, you should still be using Google Analytics. And like you pointed out earlier, Stuart, you can link your Google Analytics with other Google tools. So like Google Search Console, um, Google AdWords, you can all link those tools together so that they can help each other work better. Yes. Yep. This next one I'm going to talk about because it's one of my favorite tools in the whole world and I've, I've done presentations on this but and I could speak for hours but we're, Please this don't. is a marketing podcast so <laughs> I'm not really going to get into it but Google for Work which is essentially the branded emails and Google Drive and Docs and Sheets and all the slides and all the other tools that they have that really have created a, a suite of products that mean that I very rarely touch Microsoft Office anymore. And the fact that it's all cloud-based, I can access it from any machine, mobile, desktop, tablet, and even if I left my laptop in the office and I'm somewhere else, I can use someone else's laptop to get to all my files. So just the organizational side of that and the collaborative side of that, the fact that we can all, like when we were creating these podcast notes earlier today, all three of us were putting in data on the same sheet at the same time. And we didn't have to send emails and get different versions of the data, things like that. And um, and the fact it has Gmail baked in as well. Gmail is the best email product out there. Mm. And it saves so much time. I could do a whole episode on how efficient Gmail can make me. So Google for work is the bomb. True story. I met with Stuart earlier, I guess it was last week, to go over a research project I was working on. And I got yelled at because it was in Word. <laughs> yelled at is a relative term. I don't really yell. No. I, I gave you, you a snort. Of, of I gave you a snort of derision, and then made fun of you. Yes. Yes. It's not really yelled. <laughs> but I. I, I, I was belittled you were because belittled. of the choices I made. Yeah, we don't use word anymore. What happens if you'd created that and then you'd gone home and you'd spilled wine all over your laptop? <laughs> you know, what would have happened? <laughs> First of all, that would not happen. Because you all, never drink wine at home. Right? And not while I'm on my laptop. I'm not asking for trouble. I'm not saying that you would definitely do it, but I'm saying that maybe it has happened to certain employees here in the mm, past. Shots fired. Mm -hmm. Yes, once or twice. Yes, accidents do happen. I understand right. that. But so having it stored in the cloud eliminates well, that Well, it is risk. now in the cloud. So Good. not it's a non-issue. It is. All right. We're derailing. All right. What's next? The last Google-specific tool is the Structured Data Testing Tool. So we've talked before about how important structured data is. Um, this is little snippets of code that you can place throughout multiple parts of your site that better communicate to search engines what your data actually means. So this could be anything from marking up an image or a video just to tell Google, hey, this is a video, this is what that video is about, or really specific stuff like for a hotel, you can mark up your different amenities. You can add the hours if you have an on-site restaurant. You can mark up... Um, just reviews. reviews, for example, yeah. all kinds of stuff. Um, there's a huge list on schema.org of all of the different markups that Google supports. But this is a tool that you can use that will basically show you what existing markup is on the site, if you have any errors, um, and what you need to do to fix those. Yeah, schema is so, so important. We, we've been talking about it for a long time from an SEO perspective, how we see evidence that if you have a schema 
mock-up on your website, it tends to Google tends to rank you higher. Now, I don't know if that's causality or what that is. There's certainly a correlation there. So definitely have it from, from a ranking SEO perspective. Having said that, looking forward at how voice search is becoming prevalent, how smart devices in the home like Alexa and Google Home are becoming so prevalent, the semantic web, the object-oriented web where everything needs to relate to everything and, and where these smart devices need to understand what you're specifically asking for and then correlate that to a specific answer related to relevance of what you're asking, schema is the way that that's going to happen. So you have to embrace it. And, and if you haven't done it yet, then you need to make that a major priority for 2017. You need to make sure everything that can be marked up with schema on your website is marked up. And if you need help doing that, give us a shout. But hopefully your web team, whoever does your website, can do that for you. So all of the Google oh. tools. And it's not all of the Google tools, but it's the ones we want to talk about today. I you know, we probably, that in the we probably should have talked about Google itself as a search engine. Because if you want to figure out anything at all in the whole world, you can just type it into Google. Hmm. Now I'm trying to think of something that I probably couldn't find on Google. Well, personal information maybe, but like how to do something, anything related to marketing you can do. Hmm. Um, and Google Alerts is another one we didn't talk about. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Yeah, so Google Alerts is a really cool tool that you can put in um, different search queries. So it could be the brand name of your hotel or it could be your destination, wherever you want, or yourself if you're a narcissist. And... <laughs> You can put that in and then anytime Google crawls the web and finds um, that keyword, it will send you an email recap. And you can get it daily, weekly. You can set up different parameters as to if it's a phrase match or exact match. There's some ways to work around it, but um, that's really handy just so you know when people are talking about you on the web and perhaps that can be used as um, a link building opportunity as well. Yeah, and it can be used as a, a research tool for when you're trying to come up with new content ideas. So if you wanted to do you know, Austin events or events in Austin, for example, you're going to get email automatically whenever anything hits that keyword and that could give you inspiration to create some new kind of content. Okay, so let's move on from Google. There's lots more we could talk about, but for the sake of time, let's shift gears a little bit. You want to talk about some SEO and PPC tools? Sure, and I'll run through some of these um, because a lot of them are rather similar, but two tools that we like to use to build upon the keyword planner data um, are keywordtool.io as well as ubersuggest.io. Those are two different websites that um, provide additional suggestions, variations, and kind of map out different um, ways keywords are, are phrased, and then also provide some search volume and just some different ideas as well. So those are two that we like to use. Rolling right along, Moz is another super awesome tool. We use um, not only some of their free tools, but some of their paid tools as well. But they have, um, one of the free ones is Open Site Explorer. This is really handy for a variety of reasons. You basically put in your website URL, and then you can also put in other website URLs, so your competitors being the idea here. And it will give you um, a domain authority score, for um, a page authority score, so just some scores, proprietary scores that Moz has come up with, um, as well as the number of links, the number of images, just all kinds of interesting top-level data on not only your site, but as well as your competitive set as well. So it gives you a really good bird's eye view of um, how you stack up against your competitors. 
Yeah, so one good exercise, I think, for any hotel is at the beginning of the year, and handily we're coming up to the beginning of the year, is go to OpenSight Explorer and, and do that. What Misha said, put in your domain and three or four of your com competitors, engage and take a snapshot of what, how you compare to them. Like how many links do I have coming to my site versus them? How many pages do I have? What's my authority compared to them? And then over the course of the year, you set goals related to improving those. And at the end of the year, you measure it and compare it and say, okay, at the beginning of the year, my authority was 10 points lower than my main competitor. And now I'm only a point lower or I'm 10 points higher. So it's a good way for you to measure your success and your progress, but also a good way for you to go to your boss and say, look at what we accomplished this year. It's a really good kind of cross-section uh, limits test of how are you doing. Yeah, and their domain authority and page authority, the scores that they use have become pretty well-known in the industry, so it's a pretty well-respected way of measuring where your site is and how it's performing. Yeah, I would say that you know no one really understands Google algorithm completely. It's very, very complex. It's changing all the time, but I think out of all the folks in the industry that we've worked with that we're aware of, Mars seems to have a better grasp than anyone else. And so their their approximation of, of page rank and things like that or authority scores seems to correlate closer to Google than anyone else out there. So if you have a higher score in Mars, you tend to do better in search engines. So they're looking and they, they have a good grasp of all the factors that go into it and they're using that to go into their proprietary schools. Speaking of Moz, another handy tool that I have is the title tag guideline and preview tool. So this allows you to enter in a title tag for your website and see what it looks like. Google is constantly changing how they're presenting the search engine results pages and what their recommended lengths are. So for a while it was 70 characters, then they changed it to 50, now it's back up to 70, which for the record, it's not actually characters, they do it by like pixel length, so it's not guaranteed to always show yeah, up Yeah, because correctly. like an I is not as wide as a W. Yeah. Right. Um, but so this just allows you to go in and just kind of experiment and see how something looks, see, it, you know, it might be worded weird in your head and you put it in the title tag and it just doesn't look right or... Whatever it may be, it's, it's fun to play around with. Yeah, it's good to visualize that stuff. It's, it's easy for you when you're writing an article just to slap in any kind of title in there and not really think about it beyond, mm -hmm. okay, I've finished my article. There are a lot of ramifications related to the title, one mm -hmm. of which is it's the first thing that someone sees on the search engine results page related to your site, right? So when they do a search, they're going to see your title tag and your meta description, unless Google overrides them. So making sure that those not only make semantic sense to the content, but also are compelling from a sales perspective. They're actually really introducing that content in a compelling way that makes someone want to click on your site versus the competition. And the final tool from Moz that we wanted to mention was the Mozcast. As a person who obsesses over the weather, I can certainly appreciate the analogy they made here. So Moz crawls and does research on the web and what they have done is create this handy tool for you to see the search engine forecast. So if it's a nice sunny 30 degree day, you know, everything's good. Like nothing's changing. There's no major fluctuations. There's no algorithm updates. But if it's like a stormy 90 degrees, there is something happening in the Google sphere. So it's just kind of a simplified way of them measuring and communicating 
algorithm changes and every day just checking the weather every few days or every week whatever it might be and you can go back and look at you know previous days this week if you notice something is fluctuating with your website like your your rank has increased or your rank has severely decreased whatever it might be you can look back and say hmm it was super rainy on Tuesday something happened we might need to go take a look at this yeah it's a great tool I mean you never really truly you never really understand what created a fluctuation in ranking mm -hmm. right it's it's was it something I did maybe I changed something on this page maybe some links changed this is something to cross-reference with for sure before you go digging too deep if you dropped in rank or increased in rank go look Ooh. to see how volatile the search SERPs were that same day before you get you know crazy and trying to figure out did anything change man it's been a it's been a hot month are you looking at it right now? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. So today is 77 degrees cloudy, but on December 14th, it was 109 degrees. Wow, wow. that yeah. might be one of the hottest I've seen. Yeah. So if, if when, when you say December 19th? Uh, December 14th. 14th. So if you saw a fluctuation in your ranking December 14th, it could have been nothing you did, but more something that Google was doing at that time. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I, I think it's a nice way of kind of dumbing down the data. Agreed. So moving right along with our kind of SEO PPC specific tools, another one that um, is really good if you don't necessarily have a full-time web developer or a team handy that can do some of the more technical things, um, xml-sitemaps.com, you can enter in your website's URL and some optional parameters and this will generate a, an XML Google-friendly sitemap that you can use for webmaster tools for crawling purposes. Webmaster tools doesn't exist. Search console, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Search Jedi ninja tool. <laughs> yeah, so XML sitemaps are really important. It, it's, it's a good indication for Google of what pages you prioritize and what you want them to rank. I mean, it's not mandatory, but it can definitely help. Mm -hmm. So every site should definitely have a sitemap. And this, this is a great, easy way to do it if you don't have a CMS that does it automatically. A lot of the newer CMSs, you know, especially WordPress, if you have the right plugins, can do that automatically and it's always updated and fresh. One of the challenges with a product like this is you have to redo it every time you publish new content, right? Yeah, that being the caveat. But if, again, if you don't have a user-friendly CMS or you don't have a web development team, this is a, a great better solution. Yeah, for sure. The last one that we have for this category is the Equivio Broad Match Modified Keyword Converter. So this essentially allows you to take your keyword list, PPC specific here, um, directly from a spreadsheet and it will add the necessary broad modified plus sign to this um, to make each keyword broad modified, which if you have ever worked on a PPC account, particularly a large PPC account, this will save you a ton of time. Yeah, it, it really does. Uh, when you're building out a pay-per-click account, there's so many little intricacies to where you're doing exact match and broad match, and it, it, it's crazy. And, and the wrong character in the wrong place can really throw yes. off your whole account, right? So especially when you're creating a new campaign, something like that, this tool saves you not only time, but prevents you, it's like Melissa's tool we talked about in the beginning, it protects you from making silly mistakes mm -hmm. that are gonna cost you in the long run down the road when you start looking at your data. Yes, we also have a link to 
one of our favorite websites, moz.com. They did a blog. It's a few years old, but still pretty pretty relevant. It's the 100 free SEO tools. So um, if you're interested in more free tools, definitely check that out. We will link to that in the show notes. Awesome. So let's talk about, we talked about SEO and PPC tools, talked about some Google tools. Let's talk about just some random other tools that we use on a daily basis or on a frequent basis. And this first one is perhaps still to this day, it's one of my favorite tools. I don't use it every day, but when I need it, it's always there and it's always reliable. And that is the Wayback Machine, which you can get to from archive.org. It's super groovy. <laughs> yeah, it is. The logo is kind of weird. But um, this, this tool is amazing to me. So they basically indexed every version of every website that's ever existed. Which is crazy. Like my mind gets blown just thinking about how much data that must take up. What if they accidentally spill wine on their server? Well, that would be a problem. <laughs> but that would never happen. But like, it's not perfect. This, this site is definitely not 100% reliable. And especially if you go back a long time and you have sites that were heavy flash and stuff like that, it doesn't have a lot of that kind of content. But for the most part, we can go back from, for our clients' sites and look all the way back to the, the late 90s and see every iteration of every site they've ever had and even navigate through those old versions of the sites to some degree and find content that's deep down in there. So if, if you had a page on a site 10 years ago that when you did a redesign, you forgot to include it and then you realize after the fact and you don't have your own backup of the old site, you can use Wayback Machine to go find it. You know, you can also use this tool to go look at competitors and what they were doing and what they were prioritizing content-wise in the past. Like it's surprising how many times it comes up where I need to use this tool, but I'm so glad it exists. If this ever disappears, I will probably cry more than I did when I heard about Carrie Fisher. Wow. Yeah. It is a pretty awesome tool. I, I am blown away. But I, I don't know how these people make money or how they afford to do this, but it's pretty awesome. It's also good for if you need a good laugh sometimes. It is entertaining, I will say that. If you go back to your 1995 site, yes. it's quite eye-opening to see just how far we've come in a very short amount of time. But then you really. think about back then, you were like, this is so exciting, this is the best site ever. And it's, I mean, that logic could apply to anything, but. <laughs> All right, it's great, you should check it out. And, and if nothing else, if you're working for a company and you haven't been there a long, long time, go back and look at some of the old websites because you, you will get the same loss that we get. All right, the next one is uh, CoSchedule's um, Title Analyzer. So th this is a tool that's really handy. I think, Misha, you actually turned me on to this. Uh, but if when you're writing content, writing articles, blogs, podcasts, whatever it is, and one of the hardest things is trying to come up with a title, right? Trying to understand what to call it. Melissa does a terrible job of this. She's well, awesome. I am awful. She's awesome at almost everything at her job, but coming up with titles... She Terrible. comes up with the most mundane, boring, <laughs> non-clicky titles I've ever seen. So this is a tool for people like wow. Melissa. Is, is that a fair comment? It is a fair comment. Okay. So I'm not being mean. I'm just I am just real. a straightforward, here's what my article is. Right. So this, this, this tool isn't perfect, but what it does is it, it kind of weights certain words, so clicky words that are going to compel someone to want to look at your article. So you basically put in what you're thinking your title should be and it's going to score it and it's going to make suggestions of what you could change it to. And then you can put those in and it'll score them and make other suggestions. So you can spend 
you know, a couple of minutes in this tool and go from a very mediocre title to something that is going to generate a lot more clicks. Because the worst thing in the world you can do is spend hours and hours and hours on an article or some awesome content and then do yourself a major disservice by putting a mediocre title to it. And, and people just aren't going to share it. People aren't going to click on it when they see it on Twitter or on Facebook, wherever you're going to distribute it. So making sure you spend that extra few minutes on the title after you spend all that time on the work, that is critical. You won't believe how much cats and wine Misha has. Yeah, exactly, stuff like that. <laughs> and why has nobody told me about this until now? You're not seeing this tool? No, I've never uh, heard of this. See, this, I learned something today. This is the one that we all use and we tell everyone, everyone don't tell Melissa, we want to keep seeing her <laughs> terrible titles. Great, party's <laughs> over. <laughs> the cat is out of the bag. And the wine is too, Misha. Yeah, in like two hours. <laughs> the next tool is mine, and this is not going to apply to everyone, but it will apply to some people out there. And it is a tool called Omnibug, which is a terrible name for a tool, but nonetheless, it is a pretty awesome tool. It is free. It is a plugin for the Firefox Firebug. And what it does is it will tell you exactly what information from your website is being passed into your analytics tool. It works for both Google Analytics and Adobe Analytics. And if you're just looking for the basic information, you could just verify that something is getting passed. You can see that using this tool, or you can dig da uh, bigger data into each tool and see exactly what type of data is getting passed. So on your confirmation page, when somebody has made a booking, you can make sure that the correct revenue is being passed, that the room type is being passed, all those little pieces of information without having to go into your analytics tool to say, oh, something's not working here. This will tell you very quickly whether something's working or not working. So I live, breathe and die by this tool on a daily basis. Yeah, this is the first place we go to as soon as we, we identify there may be a tracking issue or something going on or some data that's a little wonky that is unexpected. We go to this tool first to make sure is it tracking correctly before we can start digging into it. It's right, just... and it, it puts the power in you as the marketer's hands before you have to talk to your web team or your developer or whoever is handling your website. It gives you a little bit of firepower before you have to go that route and makes you sound super duper intelligent. Yeah, it's cool. That's the second time I've used super duper today. Super duper. <laughs> yeah. Our next tool is the traffic we the website traffic estimator from Alexa. And this is not uh, Amazon's Alexa. This is predates that and it's a site called alexa.com and they have a cool tool on there where you can type in any URL and it'll kind of give you a ballpark estimate of how much traffic that site gets and tell you how you rank in either globally or in the specific category and it also gives you a lot of other kind of demographic type information. Now this is definitely not 100% accurate. They, they take samples of users that have the Alexa bar installed on their browser which I feel like has probably diminished over the years, but it's a good tool to get kind of a, a gauge of how you stack up against your competition. So earlier when we were talking about looking at your competition in Mars, OpenSight Explorer, this is another tool to go and compare yourself to your competition and see if you're making, making gains on them or just getting away from them if you're already ahead of them. So this is a, this is a tool as long as you understand what it means that it's not 100% accurate, but it's a relative tool, much like tr Google Trends and some of the other stuff we talked about. This is just another tool in your toolkit that can really help 
give you an insight into where you stack up versus the competition. I am shocked that Amazon has not bought that URL. Alexa.com? Well, the product's called Echo, right? Yeah, still though. I but don't they have the dot too or whatever the thing is that also uses Yeah, it's like the mini. Yeah. yeah. Not related, but I just felt the need to commentate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Next on our list is something that can be used by anybody who has ever had to make a presentation out of data that is just disgustingly boring. This is the tool for you. Sounds this... like you've had to make presentations out of data that's disgustingly boring. <laughs> If you want to get out of Excel for just a little while and you don't want to just include a little boring chart of some kind, Infogram, and it's infogr.am is the URL. Um, this is free. You can upgrade and get some more advanced features with it, but basically you can upload any source of data from an Excel spreadsheet, a CSV, it can take all kinds of different kinds of data, and it will make an infographic for you out of it. So you can have like people, like a pictogram of how many sales you made, how many rooms have been filled over time. It's a pretty nifty little tool, and like I said, it gets you out of Excel for a little while, it makes you look like a superstar, it's easy, and it's free. I feel like I wanna do this for client reports just to jazz them up a little bit. There you go. <laughs> That's pretty handy. So the next tool we have is GT Metrics. This is another page testing tool. A little bit different and a little bit more sophisticated than the some of the ones we mentioned earlier with Google. I feel like a lot of our web developers use this when they're troubleshooting issues. But this will give the pages of your site various letter grades based on the page's load times. It also offers detailed reports on what can be fixed and how important those items and load times are. So again, it's a, a handy tool, it's a little bit more in depth, but it helps your web development team quickly see what issues are, how to fix them, and how to prioritize them. Yeah, and this is definitely a secondary step after you've used Google's version of the tools, like the Test My Site tool from Google. Do that first, make sure you're getting great grades there, then do something like this, because it definitely gets more granular, granular and a little more techy. So a lot of marketers aren't gonna be able to execute some of those recommendations on this kind of report you need to get someone a little more technical involved. All right, so those are our favorite tools, but I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention one of the other tools that I use on a daily basis, and this is a complete shameless plug of one of our products, but one of the challenges I have as a marketer is having to log into multiple different tools to get data, right? So I could log into Facebook to look at the insights there. I could look at log into the back end of Twitter. I could log into my TripAdvisor account, log into my website, Google Analytics, to AdWords, to my search console slash Webmaster Tools. And if I have a mobile app, I'm looking at data there, and then I want to compare that all to my PMS data, because so I want to see ADR and, and my occupancy rates and where my sources of business are online and offline. So right now I have to log into a bazillion places to do that. So we at Fuel also created a tool called the Fuel Gauge Dashboard, that brings all of that data into a single source dashboard. Now, it's a very early product for us. It's just top level, it shows the data right now. There's not a lot of slicing and dicing like you can do in some of these other products. So you use our product to find and see patterns or anomalies, and then you drill into the actual product where the data is coming from. But this is a product we give away for free to all our clients. One, because we need to use it internally to help us do our job better but two it gives them transparency into what we're doing and for if you're a rate manager or if you're a web marketer 
It gives you insight into different parts of the business that maybe you aren't always exposed to and helps you do a better job. So if you're interested in learning more about fuel gauge dashboard, then go to fueltravel.com slash podcast, click on episode 36, and there's going to be a link right there on that. So guys, that's the tools that we use. What do you think? It was a lot of tools. It was a lot of tools in under an hour. There's a lot more we use. Maybe we'll do a second version of this episode later on down the road where we add more tools because there's always new stuff that we're finding that help us. But if you listening at home want to submit to us your tools, there's the comment section at the bottom of this, this podcast that you can tell us what you use and maybe we'll do an article follow up on that as well. Uh, Melissa, you have any final thoughts? About I really Misha's hope you toolbox. have Google Analytics installed. That's what I have to say. Okay. And that you use your new fancy, fancy schmancy, super duper, super duper tool to build your campaign yes. so that you're not... We found the name for it. We were struggling it's with the super the duper earlier. duper campaign tracking tool. Yeah. That's it. That's the official name. You heard it here first. Uh, guys, I hope you have a safe and happy new year. Hopefully 2017 will be... The best year ever for the internet and not the worst year ever. I have high hopes for the internet. I always do and it always lets me down. You're so young. <laughs> young and naive and utopian. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna beat that optimism out of you eventually. I'm getting there. I'm slowly but surely every day a little chunk of a little, little more dead inside thing. like I am. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully you, you keep you keep that positive spirit a little bit because you're the one that perks up us oldies Yay. around the office. So guys. Where can they find you on the web? I am at Ma Kavanaugh on Twitter. M-A-K-A-V-A-N-A-G-H. And Misha. You can find me at Marketing Misha. That is at Marketing M-E-I-S-H-A. Just a side note. Aside You're going to say Clemson. Week, Don't say Clemson. I was not going to, but go Tigers. Can't wait to beat the Buckeyes. But after this week, I will actually be found on Bourbon Street because I am taking hiatus. I don't know if I told you I'm going on vacation, Stuart. I hope I'm, that's okay. I'm aware of this. Okay. So I will be gone for the next two Fridays enjoying some lovely beverages and doing hood rat things with my mom on Bourbon Street. So I will be gone out of commission. I look forward to returning in 2017. You should totally do a shout out to your mom's where she works. Shout out to where my mom works? Yeah. Yeah, she works at... Well, no, because people are going to come start harassing her. my mom. No, they could come and enjoy a libation with your mom. A libation. That's mm-hmm. such a sophisticated word. Yeah. Yes, you can go enjoy a tasty adult beverage at NOLA, which is the name of the restaurant. It's in the French Quarter, New Orleans. My mom is the super hot, almost 50-year-old redhead behind the bar. Yeah, she's cool. And we, we went down there for um, high tech this past year, and we went and stopped, and she made us an awesome drink. Actually, you didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the best, but I was being polite. No, well, it's a traditional not drink. A was it, drink. It wasn't a Negroni. It was the other traditional drink of New Orleans, which of course I'm not going to remember, but it's... Uh, um, you can Google it now. Yeah. You're in time. It's just like all these listeners are waiting. Ah, Sazerac. Place. That's the name. That was it. Yeah. And she'll tell you the whole history of how that, that it's drink It's really gross, but you just have to drink one because you're in New Orleans. Yeah. So go to NOLA and drink it. Was it a Sazerac? Yeah. Okay. All right, so if you want to get the notes on this podcast, we're not going to have any notes on New Orleans or any of that stuff, but on the, on the tools, you can go to fueltravel.com slash podcast, click on episode 36. You can hit us up on Twitter at Fuel Travel. And until next time, you have been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. So there's that. <laughs>
That's it.